0: Thank you for giving us your time today and listening in. Remember you're smart, beautiful, and you got this. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more great tips for single moms. Hello and welcome to Single Moms Unfolded. Today we are lucky to have an extraordinary woman in here, Juri Love. She's a single mom. She's a musician. She's an actress. She's a model. She's a TV and film producer, an entrepreneur, and so much more. So we're so lucky to have you. Thank you for coming.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Kelly, for having me on your show.
0: So tell us, how long have you been a single mom?
1: Since July 10th, 2019.
0: Okay. So you're kind of a newly single mom, for four years or so, five years getting into the So what was the first moment you knew you were going to be a single mom?
1: It was absolutely shocking and then it was really um, heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Um, What was your first reaction? Were you scared? Were you nervous or just just shocked and didn't know where to go from there?
1: You know, I remember crying like 48 hours straight and then my skin started to peel. (laughs)
0: Yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, but you have to get all of that out. You have to get out of that out. Now, were your kids shocked as well? I'm sure the whole family was like, oh, my God, this is.
1: Yes, and my son at the time was still, like, eight years old. And my daughter was only, like, three. And then I remember I was crying, and uh, my son, as sweet as he is, he said, Mom, tomorrow is a different day. Everything's gonna be okay. I just need time to grow up and I just need to become MLB player and take care of you.
0: Oh my God, how sweet eight years old to say that. To get, okay, it's a new day. Oh my God, that's wonderful.
1: Yes, he, he said tomorrow is a new day. And I remember posting on Facebook page. So um, I usually post on my Facebook book page Really positive things only intentionally. I'm a journalist and then, you know, my contents are, you know, validated and stuff. So I, even personal one, I'm I'm very careful. But that day, I remember saying, Life is not effing fair. (laughs) um, That one sentence got like maybe 200 messages, including dm and then phone calls. And because I'm not like that at all. So I got bombarded with. Loves and kindness and care and phone calls, and I remember talking to some of my close friends and crying and telling them what happened and I had no idea you know it was just so dark, scary, and
0: shocking. Yeah, well, it's great that you had support, you know yes. it's it great fun. that yeah. people reached out to you because some people just go through that and they're like all alone and they fit, get stuck in that loneliness. So, tell us a little about your family and share a little bit about your story.
1: So, all of my family from Japan are in Japan. I'm the only one here. But I have two children, Jaden and Jayla. And Jayden is 12, and then Jayla is 6, and they're superstars.
0: Oh, oh so cute super sorry so once you um once you're going through the motions and you're getting divorce you have to go through the divorce and everything and how did the kids handle everything you had to do some co-parenting stuff which is a shock right co-parenting with anybody is tough especially if the marriage didn't work out do you have to do scheduling and stuff how are the kids like the new normal are they feeling comfortable with how things are right now
1: I must say that kids really, truly don't have any idea. And I think still these days, like, you know, sometimes, you know, we're definitely getting used to it, but you know, these like day by day type of things that I don't think they have awareness of what happened and the me too. So it was just like, um, a lot of like searching, figuring out and yeah just like
0: sucks yeah no it, do, it does it, it sucks and it's really hard I know some of the hardest times with my daughter was when you know she maybe didn't want to go to her dad's house and she would be holding on crying like I don't want to go and I was like I don't have a choice you know I didn't make this decision I don't have a choice you, you have to go and I remember that just it's it's so hard and she did she was only five so she didn't really understand either. She was usually used to being with me and now switching. She she was really, you know, it was really hard to, to transition. So what were some of the biggest struggles when you first learned that you were getting, you know, the marriage was breaking up? Well,
1: to be honest, he got somebody pregnant and left completely and the baby was born a month after. So it was new person and a new baby. and then that stigma and then dealing with that and then she was harassing us he was harassing us so it wasn't just like one person stuff but the two gang that and then started harass us so it was just constant nagging constant blaming shifting and just like i don't know why but it just like you're done with me just you know live with your life but it was just like i was just targeted so navigating through that was
0: just so bad. Yeah. Because it's not just you dealing with your whole life changing, but now you have the outside sources also pushing in different directions. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, I'm so sorry. That, that you know. So what did you learn from all this? What, is there something that you learned from all this chaos that you had to go through?
1: Um, I feel like, um, to be honest with you, like I was homeless when I was 18 and I went through extreme adversity growing up and I thought I was tough enough, but having two small children with me, it was just extra, extra pressure. Like, how can I do this? And I just learned that whatever the external thing that happens to me at the end of the day if my mental health mental mental stage is not okay everything's gonna fall apart so now say when i was homeless i was broken and then but i was working and i was the only one who was taking care of myself but now i have two kids who are innocent depending on me my income like roof above us all that stuff so i learned that you know it's just whatever happens you need to internally say that you know you got this and then you you know have to take care of yourself first before anything else because no matter what kind of success you have in your life. If you're not okay, you can't show up to work and you can't go to these opportunities. So my kids models, and they are on TV, they're on a movie, myself too. So we have very high demand job that productions and people, multi-million dollar movies like, expect us to be perfect. So in order for us to not just survive the single mom life and then, you know, a single parent, you know, life. But we are in an industry where you are asked to be so and so and so in these situations with like hundreds of people. So how can you survive that? So I learned that whatever that outside noises and attacks that I just need to create a boundary and really self-love self-care and I really didn't know that I didn't know that I have to come first to be able to take care of myself and my children so that's what I learned
0: I think that's really big and I think that's the lesson I had to learn too I was so busy taking care of everybody else my ex and my daughter and I was just like exhausted all the time and when it came down to what's important I'm like how about me you know that's when I felt like I was strongest too and I think that's a a good thing for single moms to remember it seems kind of intuitive to take care of yourself first when you have a you know children but you have to 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 be strong for them yes and I
1: learned that some days that if you're not okay you tell your children we have to be like a team you know mama it's not okay today i just have to take a nap i just have to check out a little bit and then just you know i just have to rest extra time but you know after they know that and they know that sometimes mommy has to take a break
0: i love that i love that i need time because right? sometimes you feel guilty but that makes you a better mom to take that time for yourself so you're not losing your patience or freaking out over something silly because you're Able to maintain that uh, calmness,
1: and my kids are so good because sometimes, like, you know, when I'm super tired and like you know, mentally, physically, like I can't take it anymore, I just tell them like I'm overwhelmed. So, and then my kids are like, "It's okay," and then they bring me water. They they just say, "I got this." And then my son, he's twelve, and he's gotten a babysitting license. Um, American safety and health um,
0: awesome.
1: So he's just renewed his license. So he's certified to babysit. My daughter's old They old enough independent in the, enough. But at the same time, you know, it just really nice buffer to um, have someone like you no, know, even their children like you no, know, you just be transparent and be able to, um communicate the way that i did not have when i was growing up i think the parents were authoritative figures that we didn't know what was going on with them but Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. want to be the case because kids wonder why why mommy's crying why mommy's not okay but then when i tell them the truth they understand and they understand that yeah, we are all human beings, and we all have to take time to heal. And then after we heal, like just like an injury. You have a cut, you can't move your finger, and you just have to put bandaid on. Same thing as mental health, but people don't know how to triage it well. So I will always be eloquent to my children, and then they do the same when they are not okay at school. They tell me five W and one H, and I will always be able to report to the teacher or counselor what happened i train them to be as advocate as possible as eloquent as possible of their forefront feelings so it's a communication that's really a key that i learned to survive
0: wow that's so powerful because so many kids they're they're like upset and they don't even know why they're not giving the language to know they're just like Uh, I'm in a bad mood, but that's great that you're teaching them what feelings are, what they mean, and how to express them.
1: Sure, Um, I am a journalist and I've covered a lot of mental health issues after, especially after the global pandemic. And even the school system, they are doing the professional training for mental health triage and really bringing up to the level of emotional um, intelligence. And how much of languages and tools do you have to take care of your mental health? And that's really changing and shifting. I just covered an article about the police officers, um, police department's mental health, where a lot of police officers can't talk to their feelings and because of the confidentiality. And I had a podcast guest that um, he lost his colleague after the retirement to suicide. Oh,
0: and
1: I'm just telling you, not just the single mom stage, a lot of things are happening and changing in a way that we've never experienced growing up. So my daughter, my son, they have guidance counselor, they, my daughter, um, has like lunch bunch and then counseling, um, at school. And then she told me the breathing technique that she learned from the guidance, which is like, you know, go every finger, inhale, exhale. And then she saw some girl at the dance class and then she was really upset about her tights or something. She was really crying and making like um, a scene. My daughter goes up to her, everything's okay. breathing, breathe out. Oh, <laughs> and then- wow. Finger techniques. So, and also when the incident happens, i'm a journalist so i always tell them five w and one h where what so they tell me exactly what happened when who and then where, why and then um i'm able to elaborate what happened and they can go back to the camera and then they can identify what happened and they are able to address moving forward that make sure it's not going to happen so it's a definitely different ballgame that our children are
0: really care here by our support system too. Wow. Wow. So you being a journalist, I, I have to talk about your article because it's really cool. You had a blog, 11 ways to survive as a single mom. And I thought it was really cool. And I, I like the first one I think you had um, do not put on emotion, apply it as a business transaction. That I think is so big because we can get caught up in so much of the he said, she said and the emotions of, you know, they've done wrong to me that you can't see straight. And I think that's really big.
1: Absolutely. One of my friends, shout out to her, uh, told me, especially, you know, when I first became a single mom, that you have to take care of it as almost administration work. So almost like a business. So even going to court, going to talk to the lawyer and just, you know, making track of what happens and stuff and do not invest your emotion because you have days that, you know, my days are crazy, like not every day. So for instance, I wrote 23 articles last month. Wow. And I it with information today. I just got a uh, text while, while I was work, at work to do different assignments. So if I start to drain myself to this you know, nonsense and then like something that you cannot fix, um, my productivity will go down and therefore it would affect my income. Therefore it would af- affect my rapport with my boss. And you know, it just like down the hill. So I really, really appreciated that. And recently, I wrote an article about um, high school students who had her art showcase. And then her Instagram profile says, my mom told me, don't you cry over spilled milk. And I really like that because, you know, things are broken already. And then when you become a single mom, like the relationship's already broken. So how can you move forward um, with an attitude that you don't necessarily put, your emotion invested in it because it's not worth it invest your emotion into your children and their love and then it, it will return back to you not the broken relationship but the right people right fans like especially female fans that i rely on i right. um, i really feel that you know rather than incompetent partner unreliable partner i rather invest my emotion time and love to a reliable friends and competent relationship.
0: Right, that people care and you give back and take. It's a give and take. Yeah, it's a good relationship support system. And seeking a support system, I also like how you talked about, you know, getting the help you need. If you need to seek therapy, you need financial assistance, you know, don't. Just struggle, sit there and ask, right? There's a lot of things you mentioned, um, something through the YMCA to get, you know, scholarships for kids' activities. I don't think a lot of single moms take advantage of all these things. I think sometimes they get overwhelmed and they're like, I don't have any money, my kids can't do this. But I think that's a good topic to ask and see what's out there.
1: Absolutely. So, what I learned is that um, recently, I did the tax filing. Uh, even the divorce contract says about who to claim if you have more than one child. So I don't know uh, the state by state law, but in Massachusetts, um, we recently uh, decided that dominancy is the most important thing to claim: two children or three children. So whoever has dominancy, regardless of the divorce contract, you can claim the tax, and then you. Uh, also um, able to deduct a lot of things, um, you know, kids' activities and everything. And at the end of the day, if you're a certain income, the like low income, you're eligible for um, food stamp. You're eligible for the in Massachusetts Mass Health, which is huge. So I haven't paid a penny for any healthcare, which is amazing. And then um, you know, therapy and all that stuff. It's all it's all covered. And don't be shameful for. Um, the income bracket where, say, um, just be honest with you, um, say, housing authority, if it's three people in a household, if you're making less than $52,000, that's a cutoff. And I I don't even go above that. Like, I'm so far away from that number. Um, So, you know, I think knowing exact number, and then being very, very logical about your financial status, and then what can you be qualified so for instance this summer um there's a foxborough recreation department um i asked for their scholarship and then they say yeah you're covered 100 and then you know you just have to ask first and then if they say no there's a sign language camp that i couldn't be covered but then there's other camp from different department that was covered so i think case by case but you just always have to ask is there a scholarship is there anything that you can help to support my children's activities. And then there's a wonderful organization called Coffee Kids, uh, C-O-N-F-I, kids.org, which my friend Rachel um, started 5163 nonprofit, but they do amazing fundraiser and they help the single parent or help the uh, people in need for kids to do extra curricula. So my daughter's dance is completely covered by them. Somebody did generous work to fundraise, so I don't have to worry about paying for her dance lesson. And YMC is covering eighty-five percent. I'm getting SNAP, I'm getting um the food stamp, and I'm um I just apply for the self-help, which is the fuel system Because sometimes you need to remember the rent. Sometimes if you don't pay hot water and heat, the fuel is uh, included. So people don't know that. Because you're not paying the fuel part of it, that you're not qualified for the fuel assistant, that's wrong. Because it's covered within the rent. So I got $900 check um, for fuel assistance to cover the portion of the rent. So, you know, oh. these just like little things, but it always adds up and help you to get through.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't have think, thought if you were paying in rent that you would get fuel assistance in that. That's a very good point to do your research and and ask questions, right? If you don't ask and the answer is always gonna be no, you know, you have to ask. So one, you're a big advocate for mental health, right? You put that on your 11 or sorry, yeah, 11 things to survive single mom. Tell us a little tiny bit more about that. So mental health
1: was never talked about and then I have a book out, it's called A Gift from University. I have um, this coming Monday, public event where i talk meet the author series about my health. you know the ptsd trauma depression anxiety those are never ever talked about growing up in japan in fact i tried to kill myself when i was 15 because i was never believed about sexual abuse and that was done by my father and two uncles and i just feel that Back then in Japan, incest, sexual abuse, child sex abuse was never really talked about. And in certain countries now, 2023, are uh, not talked about. America is absolutely advanced. And especially, I just uh, watched a movie called She Said. Okay. And then another movie, uh, Spotlight. So She Said it was a uh, Harvey Weinstein, who is a powerful Hollywood producer, sexually assaulted a lot of people. Yeah. Out because of loss of job. And then I think a spotlight was you know Catholic priests and just like uh Boston globe um investigation investigative reporters putting this you know crime to the light. So I feel a lot of things are coming forward. But what people don't understand when you are raped, sexually assaulted, child child sex abuse, domestic violence, whatever the trauma that you experience, the mental health issue what happens is physical part of it is over in like five, 10 minutes when you are raped or sexually assaulted, but then the mental health part of it, because we don't know so much about brain, it lasts. It has a lifelong impact. And I am an example of suffering through the PTSD and mental health issues that was never put together into a word. So I just covered this incredible story, just putting, it's going to come out this, um, Week or next week, the town of Foxborough um, hired community um, resource social worker, which bridges fire and police department. Where before, uh, when the nine one one call comes for the mental health issues like a suicide attempt and all that stuff, especially during the pandemic, the police and fire comes, and then maybe they will hospitalize people, they will mm-hmm.
0: just
1: be in ambulance. Right. Nice. Now they are recognizing it so that they hire this very super licensed social worker that can assess and then um, go to the 911 call when people are having mental health crisis. So Mm -hmm. I feel like not only us as a civilian, but the leadership and then the town and the police on fire, and even within the police department in New Hampshire, there's a wellness squad where if there's a 911 expected traumatic call, that the team, is waiting for police officers to come back and debrief. And even police academy is getting a little bit longer training to debrief and uh, be able to prevent PTSD. Because once you get the PTSD, it is so hard to get rid of. And mm-hmm. it's, small things can trigger you. But then I feel like say, think about when you have an open wound and then be able to charge it like right away so or burn or cut anything. We know, or uh, even like, um, fever, we go to CVS and then get tired or not profile as a mo- mom, but how do you triage somebody who's having a panic attack
0: right. right or
1: like, you know, depression, suicidal thoughts as a mom, I don't have like 30 ways to triage somebody. Okay? Right. But then that's, that's the thing about like, you no. Know, the the wrong thing about having so much stigma because mental health comes first before physical health too or vice versa it has to work together your body mind soul has to come work together and otherwise you can't accomplish anything you can't be happy you can't go out you can't go to work you just really um a mess so what i'm trying to um promote as an advocate is it is okay to talk about your mental health, I and mean, it is more than okay to tell that you're not, you're not okay. Right. It is more than okay to seek for help and just make sure that you go to the right people and the right resources.
0: Awesome. So tying into the end, how do you get through the hard days? What is what some, something you do? If you're having a really bad day and nothing's going right, do you have something that we can give our single moms? That you can give us some advice.
1: I really like simple thing, as simple as lighting a candle, buying a flower for yourself. Very simple, but you can do that. I like to go to Starbucks and then get my matcha latte.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that does make for a good day having a sweet, a treat. Yes, I
1: like acupuncture.
0: Okay. And I just
1: got this wonderful card. It's called DBT deck. This is, um, on Amazon. Okay. DBT is direct or direct behavioral therapy. And then it's 101 ways to triage your mental health. And then it has completely different things that you can do tangibly. So, you know, each card has a self-care, um, practice, Tephra Mind, compassion for others. So Oh, that's you just, awesome. You just a different card and just read And I like it a lot. So I highly recommend this the D V D deck. Okay,
0: I have to put it in the show notes. Yeah, awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well I wanna thank you, Jury, for taking your time today to show your story and all this wonderful knowledge.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Kelly, for having me.
0: We want to thank you for tuning in today. Every Thursday, there'll be new episodes, so definitely check back. In the meantime, feel free to follow us on Facebook at My Happy Place and Instagram at My Happy Place for Life. That was the number four. Remember, you're smart, you're beautiful, and you got this. See you soon.